I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Resilient Science, the show where we spend more than 30 minutes each week trying to better understand a topic around it's just goaltending. We're just talking about goaltending now. Brand change. Uh, I'm Ben Cernick. As always, I'm here with Jamie Phillips. Jamie Phillips, we did get a lot of feedback that the longer podcasts are more enjoyable. We don't feel as rushed, as rushed. And we did have a really cool topic to talk about that I texted you about, and then none of us did a research on it. So we'll talk about it next week. Jamie, talk to your microphone. Is it Look, not? Pull your microphone to your face. Is it better? Yeah. Now it's everyone can hear your sultry voice. Okay. Everyone at home, remind Jamie to talk into the microphone. Although I did um, listen to our, our one of our episodes back, and I normally don't, and I, I uh, I realize that my nose being messed up really affects my voice, and <laughs> uh, I do apologize if you don't enjoy my voice. I don't enjoy it either. Jamie, you have a beautiful voice. Everyone, please tell Jamie to talk in the microphone, and that his voice is beautiful. I got uh, I got it used to it. Yeah, just it's fine. Yeah. Um, our topic this week was going to be scientific. And then I, I ate a lot of pizza. Uh, my parents came over and visited for the first time in a while. I didn't do any of the research, Jamie. So we're, we're hard pivoting from our topic today. I didn't do any research either. I had two exams that I needed to pass, and I did. And then I watched John Jones last night uh, till late at night. And <laughs> Well, we each made decisions. <laughs> um, but this week, uh, as, as everyone doesn't know, Jamie does um, question and answers on his Instagram pretty often. And every Saturday morning, he does an Instagram live where he takes questions and talks about some stuff. Uh, and so that's a great thing, resource to check out if you haven't checked it out before. But one of the great questions that came in, and Jamie was just letting me know, was someone uh, wrote in and asked what his, and I guess by extension, what my thoughts are on goalies moving away from home at younger ages, whether that's to go play AAA, whether that's to go to prep school, um, or kind of everything in between. And so we thought we'd take this episode to kind of talk about that topic, first of all, but also kind of the way that Jamie and I both moved away from home and kind of the way that that took our paths and different options that goalies have. Um, because at the end of the day, especially in today's hockey world, there's lots of really talented goalies 
and still not that many spots for all of them. So yeah. finding yeah. the best route is uh, is difficult. And the question uh, was, he specifically said 13 to 15. And so I think that's our range because if you look at, you know, junior hockey, junior hockey starts when you're 16. Mm-hmm. So we're going to consider everything before the age of 16 as younger age in this in this context. Yes, yes. So I guess first things first, Jamie, I'll toss the torch over here to you. Um, because I think you made a really good point. We were just kind of briefing before this. So let's lead us off. Should you move away if you're between 13 and 15? How's it going? And the, the answer to that question is, everyone's going to love it. It depends. So uh, it, uh, I know. It, it really is situational and it's a tough decision. I mean, we're not parents, so we've never made that decision. I I try to get my dad on the podcast and he refuses to go on the <laughs> podcast, but I would like to... <laughs> I would like to talk to him because he'd probably be a better resource. But anyways, I digress. And it, it really depends on the situation. It depends a lot on the maturity uh, of of the child, um, the situation they're going into, how far away it is from home, you know, the coaching staff, the other players, the billet family, if they're going to a billet, you know, if they're going to prep school, that's a little bit different. And you are a prep school kid, so I'm going to let you talk about that. But it really depends. And I had a conversation with one of my goalies um, this past weekend about this similar topic. And I just said for him, he had outgrown his local small town team. And it was time for him, if he wanted to take hockey seriously, he needed to go somewhere where he had to play at a higher level. And so in that situation, it becomes a decision of, do you continue to play at a lower level before you go and progress or do you do you do it right now and you get you start to get you basically have to are you going to grow up early by living away and being you know being a young adult at a very young age and that's a hard decision and so the you know his mom and dad have to decide on what they want to do but there's no right or wrong and for me the only thing i could do is break down pros and cons give my opinion on him staying him going um I guess, all, and then for my end, ending thought is the worst thing is you can always come back home. If it's really bad, you can always come back home. But I do think if a player is younger, just my honest opinion is I think prep school is probably better if you're younger, just because you are at like an academic institution and there's a lot of rules and everyone is in the same boat and you're getting athletes and non-athletes alike that are moving away from home versus if you go and move away to play AAA, you know, you're pro- you're you're most likely going to either stay with a family member if you have one or a billet, and that can be challenging in you know in its own right. So, Ben, you went to play prep school. What was that decision like for you and your family? Yeah, so I think before I even get into that, I think the one thing to just add on to what you said there, James, I think that it depends really is important for where you're playing. So this question, so do should you move away? Um, between that 13 to 15 age group, if you're already in an area where there's like a, a high enough level of hockey, I think the answer pretty much automatically there should probably be no. I, I, it's just, that's my my thoughts on that matter. Like if you're in a major urban center and you can play for a team, like I don't think you should be moving away or sending away to play for a better team, like in the same level, especially. We hear stories about that all the time. Kids move into the Toronto area at like 14 to play AAA in Toronto when they're from far away. I don't think you need to do that. <laughs> I think there's a lot of benefits to to not doing that. 
Uh, and if you are doing that or considering doing that, I think you should really think about all the pros and cons that come with that, like Jamie said. But if you're from, in like the situation you said, Jamie, if you're from, you know, Bismarck and there's not high enough levels in Bismarck, or I don't know the hockey scene in Bismarck at all, um, but you feel like you might need to move to, I know there's a bit of that in the Midwest where there's not a lot of... But it, like if you're from the Northwest Territories. Yeah, you might all move. Yeah. That's just, yeah, right? And that's why, but that's why even there's Canadian prep schools that exist, right? There's a, there's a reason that like Notre Dame exists and like Edge exists and Okanagan yeah. Hockey Academy. Like those, there's a reason those exist. Um, but anyways, yeah, I did go to prep school, Jamie. I went when I was uh, 17. So I played a f- one year of U18 hockey and then and went after. So I went later than this situation where someone would be probably moving into grade nine or grade 10. I'd already done three years of high school when I moved. So I essentially went to prep school the same year you went to play junior A. So yeah. moving away from home wasn't, I think 17, like I, 17's, I mean, it's still early enough in your life moving around, but it's, it's one year before most people go off to college really. Um, so it's not, wasn't that big of a deal, but so that wasn't a huge thing for me, but my goalie partner, my first year there, um, great goalie. He's still playing today. Uh, he went in at 14 too. And, and so like he came in as a true freshman in boarding school. Um, and he acclimated, I think pretty well. And I'm not speaking, I can't speak for him, obviously, um, but he came in and was able to play lots of hockey and get exposed that way. So from a hockey level, uh, he was coming from from Florida as well. So while there is still high level hockey down there, uh, it was just there's just more availability and more concentration at a higher level in New England, which is where we ended up. But I think it's definitely something like you said. There's if if you think you the the ch- your child or your kid or if you're a kid who wants to go to boarding school or prep school, um, if you think you can kind of handle that, there's a ton of structure and there's a ton of supports. At, at prep school so you're not gonna it's not like going to a billet family and play you know u15 triple a in columbus after you're from uh south dakota right it's not quite the same thing as that there's a lot more structure there's a lot more support uh and and you're basically you're you're ensuring that you're not going to be left behind there are people looking out for you essentially as pseudo parents in that situation so i'm really pro especially for goalies honestly i think boarding schools is, is a great choice um, whether you're 15 or whether you're 18, I think, or 17, I think there's lots of reasons why that can be a good stepping stone as a goalie rather than try to grind it out in, in junior. And you can kind of talk about your experience in, is in moving away for junior, Jamie, um, because those have their own challenges as well, right? Yeah. But to, like, I think, again, it, it definitely just comes down to your kid. Um, prep school will have way more structure than, than billeting or moving with a different family member. There's just hands down no comparison. Um, you will have a lot more structure, uh, and you also get sixty games because you're going to play hockey all basically for, in the fall and the winter for two different teams. But you're going to get a lot of games too as a as a prep school goalie. Yeah, it, it, when I when I think about it, unless you are from like a really remote area where there's nothing high level available and you have to move, yeah. that does change the situation because you know between the ages of thirteen to fifteen is a really important development time. And you totally, if you are good enough to play, say, AAA, um, then it's it's so hard because, like, hockey-wise, yes, you should do it. Life-wise, you, you, it's a family decision, and it's so difficult to make. Now, if you're just going to stay able to prep school, I do think that is a lot easier just because of that structure, The over, you know, the oversight from the university, or not university, the prep school. Yeah. Um, so that one makes it definitely a lot easier. And yeah, so like for me, like I went away to junior when I was 17. So 
um, 16 or 16 or 17 when I was a little bit older um, than, than the age in question. But it is, you know, that was my first time living away from home. It was challenging. I was with, you know, a billet family and they were really nice, but it's still like, it's, it's different. And, you know, you're kind of taught in hockey that this is part of it, that if you want to go on and play hockey, you're going to have to move away from home almost eventually. I guess like some people don't, but they're, they're lucky in that sense, mm-hmm. but almost everyone moves away. And so I do think being a little bit older was definitely really beneficial for me, but that was because my decision was to play junior. You know, I grew up in an area where within an hour, there were a lot of AAA teams for me to play on at least one of them. Um, it's, it's tough. And then junior, you know, trades happen a lot. I guess we should still stick to, to the agent topic where you're probably not getting traded in AAA. But it's just like... But hold on. No, but this is important because I think this is something that's ridiculous that happens now. And this is... I'm firmly in the club. This is ridiculous. That there's 13 U12, U13 starting goalies. Like, that's wrong. <laughs> oh, this is... So now... Well, you know what? Then let's... We're, that's we're, we're, we're going to pivot this conversation. So this is a double podcast. Well, yeah. So I, I think... So to summarize that, it's a, it really depends. It's a family decision. If you're, ice, if you're in an isolated area... It's probably, probably, but you don't have to. If it's prep school, I do think that decision is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, if, but like, if you have the ability to play like high level double A instead of moving away at thirteen to play triple A, probably better to stay at home, play that double A, skate with a goalie coach, and then t- so that you can either make that team the next year or have an extra year of maturity before you make the decision to move away. Because maybe you're you're on the fence, you decide not to. Then during the year, you're like, next year's decision, you can prepare for that, you can prep, rather than just jumping in at cold turkey. But going back to what you said, wait, there's like heart, like, I'm, I'm not, you're more involved, you're in the Toronto-ish area, the GTA-ish area. They're like set in stone starters at young ages. There's legitimately we had some situations this year where before the season started we had parents asking us should my child play for this team or this team and team x uh the coach says they're going to get like 30 percent of the game and the child in question was 12 <laughs> it's and also that that situation hold on that situation was not a triple a team oh, okay well that's our yes that's not acceptable it's on it. It's literally that that should that coach should not be allowed to coach. I'm fine saying that. There's so many things with that too. Like we get you want to win. It's okay. We have to understand it is development, development, development as kids. And then so is it was a double A singly? Yeah, I think the context. I think it was a double A team. Okay, Toronto. so like yeah. it. I guess like in last year, you you your second goalie is like really objectively a bad goalie and you had to have him you had to have him or her on a team because you had but even still don't take the goalie element just don't take yeah just, just don't take, take, just run with one goalie yeah and have an ap right and because yeah. i think that's unfair to the other this unfair to the second goalie because because you're ruining their element by not playing them or her exactly her. yeah exactly like whoever yeah exactly by not playing that right yeah and so i think Yes, and and that is really like where this conversation should end, right? So this is why I wanted to say tying into like should you move away from home because I think this is the exact same situation. Is like if you're considering moving away, 
make sure the place that you're going to move away is, is going to provide adequate playing time. Right. And that's something that's important in the prep school level too. And that's why I wanted to say it is because if, if you're a younger goalie going to a prep school and there's an older goalie, they might be committed to a college already. Um, you probably won't play a lot there too, but the yeah. difference between preps, the difference between prep school and U15 AAA is that there's a whole side of school attached to it. There's a whole side of the extracurriculars that are associated with it. And most boarding schools will put you on a fall hockey team where you'll play 20 games. So it's not like you're getting zero games. You're just going to get, you know, 25 games because you're not going to yeah. play as much. But like that's, but this is, is so, so the two are attached, but yes, the fact that there is starting goalies and minor hockey is deeply concerning. Um, How is that allowed? Like I thought, I because when we, when, they, when we played AAA, we rotated until maybe a tournament come the semifinal final game if someone was playing better mm-hmm. then they got like back to back but it was still like a really big deal i remember in minor midget triple a um i was technically the backup when i first got to st Catharines and played well in like the tim hortons tournament or whatever and i ended up playing semifinal and final mm-hmm. and that was like a big deal that you got back to back games that's that's crazy though it's, that's ludicrous that there's starting goalies. Oh, it's yeah. And I mean, like I'm actually look, and I think it's, it's wrong to say that people don't care about winning because people care about winning at every age. Yeah. And, and if, everyone cares about winning. I yeah, care about winning. Yeah. We're not saying, Solomon. yeah, we're not here to say don't count score and don't count who wins. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just acknowledging that like people need to need to play. Right. And so I think again, as you get older, if that situation happens, just remedy the situation, right? Oh, you played two new on the tournament. That other guy just plays the next two regular season games, right? Like just remedy that situation, make it make it even. Um, or or if it's like if it's like one game to back situation, yeah. then you just get back in your routine afterwards. Just say, hey, you know, Jimmy was playing well, and you know, as a tournament, we wanted to do it. If you're if you're playing well, we're going to give you that same opportunity. Yeah, and so it's but yeah, it's it's definitely ridiculous at a younger age. Like the fact that that exists like 11, 12, 13, that's... Yeah. And we're not saying like, oh, everyone gets a trophy, everyone does it. No. You know, if you're playing, especially if you're playing AAA, like, you're at any level. It is development from a young age. Yes, you want to win. You want to challenge them because that's part of athletics and life. But it is development. Once you get to junior, it's still development. But now, you know, it's, it's a... There's a business. It's the business yeah. side of it. But when it's minor hockey, like... You're, you're just trying to. You're you made the AAA team. Yeah, you deserve to play. You're, you're a AAA goalie. Mm-hmm. Rotate, you know, when the tournament comes, or just set that set that standard from the, the get go. Being like, this is a development. We're here to win, but we're here to get better. So we're gonna rotate. Come whoever plays the best is gonna play semifinal and finals if that opportunity arises, and then just say that, and then then the kids have a challenge. Yeah, exactly. There's some motivation there. Jimmy, I'm going to put this question because I heard this from the other day. Um, I was listening to a, a podcast that that proposed this idea. I'm actually, I'm not even going to tell you how I feel about it, but okay. the argument was that let's say up to U12, you split every game for goalies down the middle. Every game the goalie plays. I don't hate that at all. Neither do I. I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. No, nope. but I don't hate it. Yep. Uh, I do think there is a lot of value in playing the full 
45 minutes or whatever kids play. Um, although backing up isn't really doing anything for, you know, for, for young kids. So I don't know how I feel. I'm on the fence. I think it's a good idea at the same time, but at the same time, I think it's a bad idea, but I do think it's better than, I think like, I think it's like 70, like 60, 40, good idea, bad idea. Yeah. And so hear me out. Cause I, I've thought about this one a lot. Um, but I, I think, I think there's definitely times you could play the full game, but I think there's a lot of benefit to, to playing in every game. Um, and I've even thought about it even more ridiculous that you swap every period, which is a preposterous idea. But like, you played four periods. Yeah, but that that's what I'm saying. There's, 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 I mean, we're a little, hockey's a little slow to uptake new ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, again, we've talked before about how using a smaller rink when you're younger is good. Um, we've talked about that before. But I think, like, from a development standpoint, especially with the way hockey seasons work, sometimes with a rotating schedule, as a 11 or 12-year-old goalie, you might not play in a game for three weeks mm-hmm. just because of the way your schedule works. Yeah. And that, like, is, that's and crazy, right? That's that's something that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't. What do they do in, like, trying to think of something like, like soccer? Soccer usually has the most amount of research behind it in terms of development. What do they do with their goalies, you know? I, I don't, but so I wish I, I wish I had a, a statistic here. But I mean, I think the thing that's really interesting is is soccer doesn't become full 11 versus 11 aside until like 13, right? So they're not even playing full-size soccer fields until 13. Yeah, uh, which so is 100% makes sense. But notice, but this goes back to when we had the discussion um, earlier, a few episodes ago in the pod where, it, you know, this parents in Ontario created their own full life yeah, league. The Super League. You know, leading up to U12, instead of splitting the games between goalies, I think it would be better just to split the ice and you have your team, so your team gets split in half and the other team gets split in half. So you have two games going simultaneously and then after the half point, halfway point, you guys swap and then you play the other half of the team and so you're getting small area, you're getting the whole allotted time, the 45 minutes, everyone's playing all the time. I actually, I love this. I think it's a great idea. Um, like there's, I mean, and I think that is the direction that hockey would like to go in if it was, if it was possible to do that. And you take the accumulation of both scores and then be like, team black wins. Yeah. I mean, again, like even at like at U11, like the fact, you know, like it's funny. Um, do you remember minor hockey? Do you remember my hockey rankings? Do you remember that? Oh, the company. So, so yeah. my, so my hockey rankings is still a thing. No, it's not. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, it's like, it's huge. I hear about my Hawk rankings 10 hours a week, um, easily. I'm pulling it up right now because there's something that is very funny to me. Hold on. It's still a thing. <laughs> no, 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 Jamie. No, no, no. It's not just a thing. It's not just a thing. Because I'm, hold on. My gosh. Um, this is like a trip down the lane for us. Jamie, are you curious? I was wondering, are you curious what the my hockey rankings are for the 2013 born single a teams in Ontario. Cause I can tell you we have ranked U 10 single a oh ranked. No, not never, never once has that thought crossed my mind. Uh, well, shout out to the central Wellington fusion for being okay. 42, two and two this year. All right. Um, but yes. Uh, so I wanted to let you know that, 
when we care about development and we want goalies to get better and we want goalies to play in both games, keep in mind that there are people ranking uh, nine-year-olds. That's so, actually banana lands. <laughs> okay, I really, I was really curious about the squirt um, Louisiana rankings here. That's what I'm saying. Oh, no teams found. Uh, not enough people are ta- not enough people are talking about um, the overall oh, squirt but rankings though. So there are Quebec Adam double B squirt rankings. Yes. So this is us going on a bit of a of a hard pivot from what we we're kind of going through. But this is what's this is the reality of minor hockey, and it's not. And it's like I said, we're not here to say that we don't care about winning. Um, everyone loves winning. Kids very aware of winning. Right, mm-hmm. your nine year old, your nine year old knows the score whether it's on the scoreboard or not. Mm-hmm. Um, right, your little brother, your little sister knows the score, uh, even if it's not being put up. So this is not us saying get rid of scores. This is just when stuff like this exists and when stuff people use these kind of things as as reference points. Mm-hmm. This is when we start losing the plot, like we lose we're losing the focus of of what's going on. Right. Um, because there's like we did we talk about all oh, sorry go ahead I just no no just, I'm just, just so like, frustrated at this <laughs> I thought this for sure would have died like this would have been on like internet archives no this is alive and well um and people care about it right people are people care about it negatively when they're a badly ranked team people um freak out when they're playing highly ranked teams and again this is you know it's just like a basic kind of elo system head to head algorithm they have that built it but it's it's it does if you if you care about this and you're using this too young it you start losing what's the focus of your your u10 your u11 your u12 or u13 hockey right which is we're trying to make the argument of should goalies play in every single game and i think a lot of people would say yes i think a lot of parents would say yes uh nothing nothing works in being support i used to wear did you i used to wear mittens on the bench when i was like 10 being a backup goalie except my hands would get too cold I wasn't um, really at that young of age, so... Right, so you're better than I. Um, but, like, stuff like that, right, where it's, like, the fact that looking back on it that I had backup goalie mittens, preposterous. What a... What a t- man. <laughs> right? Man. So... I, I'm just, like... Uh, I'm kind of embarrassed. You're having a hard time with this. For people I who am. are listening and not watching, Jamie's had his head buried for the last five minutes. <laughs> I am, because, like, you're you're right. And... and Winning is important, and, and I'm, I absolutely hate losing. I hated it since I was a kid, and that's okay. Competition is good. Competition good. We want competition, but we want development, ultimately. Development, 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 development. Oh, my gosh. I actually I need to close this tab down because it's <laughs> going to make me sick to my stomach. Yeah, but I, but I thought, so again, like that, this kind of stuff existing, this ties into our, our topic for the day, where it's like, do you move away from home? Right, where it's mm-hmm. like again, because know what situation you're getting into, because you might not know the situation, and they might really care. You might be going to a place that is so focused on winning that you're making the step to go play for a better hockey that's supposed to be better for your development. Mm-hmm. But you might go to a team that cares so much about winning that that your development's not a priority. Yeah, and and if you're under 15, holy cow! Like all that matters is that you're having fun and getting better. And those two things should be part of a process. And if I've said this, I find myself saying this all the time, is that if a team prioritizes development and enjoyment, getting better and having fun, the team will be successful. 
Yeah, like you can do both. They're not mutually exclusive. No. Right? That's that. And that should be the goal. If you are, uh, you know, under thirteen, under fourteen, and you're doing training sessions as a goalie, and you're coming off more frustrated than you came on the ice, like that needs to be a discussion with your coach, and it needs to be reevaluation of how you feel about hockey. Yeah, because that should still be fun. Uh, no, I know. I love yeah. when I, like I'll talk to like parents of like you know ages thirteen to to fifteen, and they'll say like, "Oh my, you know, my son or daughter is on a team, and you know they're getting fifty to sixty shots a night, and they're losing a lot, and it's very frustrating to be moved to a new team." I'm like, if your sixty shots a night is unbelievable for your development, unbelievable for your development. Once you get seventeen, eighteen, yeah, you might want to consider it, but. When you're young and getting absolutely like sh- shellacked, I know it. It sucks. It sucks to give up goals. Yeah, and it's hard to see the forest from the trees sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, but trust us, that's it's it is good for your development to face that many shots. I would much rather give up six goals on sixty-five shots than have twelve shots and give up one goal. Yeah, and this is another interesting thing. This is an important one to kind of tie into that is if you're on a team that's struggling in general, let's say in this situation you're U14, you're on a U14 team that's struggling, moving to like a team that's three rankings higher than you, it, it, does, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't, it, doesn't. it doesn't make a difference at all. Going middle of the pack to middle of the pack is still middle of the pack. Correct, exactly. Like the only time making this big of a jump is like going from a team that does not win a game to going to a team that wins 70% of its games or 50% of yeah. its games, right? Like... It's it's like going to again a team that's if you're in twelfth place going to a team that's in ninth place does not uh, you're still going to get absolutely shellacked by the first three top three teams right you're you're still getting pumped by those people like so when I when I look at my development me playing that year in Welland when we weren't very strong mm-hmm. set me up my first year Triple A set me up to have success when I jumped to St Catharines who was a powerhouse yep it really did because oh, I yeah. had. We just we were we weren't that great in Welland. We were competitive, but not that great. When I was exposed to high level AAA for the first time, I had to get better. And then when I went to St. Catharines, we didn't give up as much, but I was able to spend the previous year developing, and that helped me immensely. And so I think of that like I don't know. I, I'm still not over the mile hockey rankings yet. <laughs> well, so this is the story. I found myself as we kind of unfortunately approach tryout season already. We're in playoffs. Playoffs and, and ter- tryout season and the off season. And- yeah, what's going on? Oh. Like the fact that I say we're in playoff season, which is a directly adjunct to trial season, feels silly to me. Uh, but I like to, I've reminded a lot of people in the past little while that I didn't play for my first winning team until I was seventeen. So I played AAA hockey oh, uh, from nine years old through sixteen years old in Canada, in Ontario, uh, and did not have a winning season. Not one. Um, moved to the U.S. and then like won the first 50 games in a row on the team I was playing on. Um, which was pretty cool, but a very different experience. But, but what I think is like, would you have been as successful at at Northfield if you were on a really good team and didn't get that kind of growth and development? I don't know. Yeah, like... I mean, It definitely didn't hurt you, though. No, because, yeah. I mean, so here's the thing. As you get older you will still be able to stop low danger chances. You're still going to be fine stopping wrist shots from the blue line. Like that is something that is not going to matter if you're on a good team or a bad team. But something that we always talk about is um, if you're on a team that gives a ton of rush chances, which are a pretty good choice chances, you're going to learn a lot of rush chances. And sure, you're going to get scored on more, 
but you're going to have a ton of exposure to rush chances, which is great. It's great learning. The one thing that is challenging, and this is a, a maybe sneaky one of the more important things, is to not become a goalie that learns to play just for the risky moments. And what I mean by that is you're on a team that gives up a ton of chances, so you start diving and flailing to make these try to make these massive backdoor saves, which might help you, but if you're diving every time instead of learning how to make that save properly, that might be slowing you down. So yeah, so there yeah, so there's stuff like that still on those teams that aren't as successful. That there's stuff that's still under your control. Like if you're constantly flailing, you're responsible for your own development. Yeah, your team's giving up a lot. Um, but learn to play those properly, right? I agree. I agree. I just wanted to see if uh, Network 54 was still a thing. I don't know what that is. Oh, Network 54 Hockey. You don't remember Network 54? No. Um, it's a f- Okay, so it was like a forum. Oh. <laughs> it's a forum where people would rank, like, it would be like, it would basically be parents, but we all thought it was like all the scouts would go on and like yeah, talk about he was, he was sick and... And all these things. It sort of exists, but not in the same format. And then, like, you'd be like, oh, I so heard so and so is getting drafted in the second round, or <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I remember, like, as soon as your name popped up, it was just like pure anxiety or excitement. And, like, was, it was just some parent, like, ripping you apart. And you're like 15 years old. And they're talking, yeah. like, how bad of a person you were. And, like, you know, for me, <laughs> it was like, that guy's got to cut his hair. It's embarrassing to hockey. And, like, yeah, that, like that was, just, that was just, that was just racism, Jamie. Was just yeah, racism. just horrible, horrible things. But uh, yeah, no, the this may be kind of like I don't know if you had this in junior, but I only played one year of junior. Uh, it was like three quarters of a season, so and I only played it as an overager. So that's my fun <laughs> junior experience. But there was again forums back in the day where, uh, and I remember I, I gave up a goal in overtime, like a two on one, where the person missed short side, hit the stanchion, and went right back out the same side. So I'd gone the other way because <laughs> I know how angles work. Anyways, goal went in, the puck went in. And it was just like so many people being like, that goalie's overrated. Did you see the goal they gave up the other night? Unacceptable in overtime. And I'm like dying laughing because two months ago, I was putting up shingles on a roof. Like I was roofing two months before. Uh, <laughs> So, but it's like the fact that that exists and that was in junior B, right? Which like, to be fair in the league, I was playing for like a very good organization and a very serious organization at the top levels of that league. But like, come on people. Like I was, I was a, I was still a child. I was, <laughs> we can talk about, I'll have to do that another time. Bands another time. But yeah, we got, we got a little derailed, a lot of derailed topic, a lot, a lot of derailed, but there's a lot. I think we talked about a lot of good things. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment. Share with uh, family and friends. Share with people, your other other hockey parents that are thinking about this decision. That helps yeah. a lot. But Ben, next week we will prep some actual science on resilient science. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, next week. Next week we might just be talking trying to find the meanest things fans said to you in your <laughs> career. <laughs> it's so many, so many horrible mean things. Yeah. All right. So today's episode on resilient hockey. We're just going to talk about the way Jamie was bullied as a professional hog. <laughs> um, but yeah, to kind of wrap this all up, right? It's a big decision, but know what yourself are getting into, right? Know what what position is going to put you, you or your child, if you're the person listening to this, what's going to put you in the best situation to develop? If you're yeah. the parent listening, what's what are you putting your your child into that? Right? Understand what the coach's attitude are and take everything they say with a grain of salt too. Coaches are great, but you know, 
they're also in their own interests as well. Um, but you have to remember, like, at the end of the day, hockey is hockey. Uh, and just remember that 50% of NHL goalies who get drafted don't play a game in the NHL. So. Thanks for that positive, uplifting <laughs> ending. Thanks, well, everyone, for listening. <laughs> uh, Jamie, we'll, uh, we'll pick this up next week. Next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.